You're not the old end of shit. Who gives a fuck? What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. Oh, hi. That was a horrible transition. Welcome to That's Deep, Bro. I'm your host, Christina P. Thanks for downloading this episode, a very special two-parter, actually. I've never done this before, actually in the history, actually in the history of podcasting, but my my best friend, Allison Rosen, uh, and I decided that we should do a two-part uh, podcast thing where the first hour is That's Deep Bro, and then the week of October 10th when my special drops, Netflix, Mother Inferior, um, Allison Rosen is your new best friend on that podcast. We will continue this discussion that we have started here on this show. So I recommend going to Allison Rosen is your new best friend right now, subscribing so that you will hear the rest of this podcast on her show. And if you're not already already listening to Allison, why the hell not? She's fantastic. Um, I find her to be so vulnerable and really open and such a sweet, kind person, a very genuine person and very rare. You know, I think she's a, she's a, she's a diamond. So let her know, let her know that you like her tweet her. She, she likes those tweets. She's, she's on, uh, she's on all that. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is the name of the podcast that this will be continued on. Okay. So other business. As I mentioned earlier, my Netflix special, I'm so excited, drops October 10th, uh, Mother Inferior. So make sure to search for that. Watch it. Tell your friends to watch it. In the meantime, Mama's Still Touring, October 3rd in Nashville, Tennessee at Zany's Comedy Club. October 4th, Charlotte, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone. October 8th, uh, we're doing your mom's house live in Irvine, California. That's uh, it's a rare treat. We don't really we don't do it that often, but when we do, we really go big. There you go, Amazon. If you're doing your shopping on Amazon, I encourage you to use uh, my banner. Go through that's deeprowpodcast.com. Click on the banner at the bottom of every post. Do your shopping as you normally would. I recommend shopping on Amazon for the holidays, man. Why are you even leaving your house? Go ahead and ship that stuff. Ship it. Don't travel with it. Are you crazy? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. I'm going to blabber a little bit before I get into the Allison Rosen part because I had some thoughts. Um, I just, I don't know. You know, I, I like you guys and I have thoughts for you. I don't know. I met, uh, I'll get into it. God damn it. All right. Let's fucking, let's, I like this. Let's do Daniel Ash. <laughs>
Hi guys, it's me. I uh, yet another seamless transition from music into talking. Good job, Christina. I uh, just came back from St. Louis Tits, uh, and that's in Missouri. Okay, I didn't. If you don't know that, I mean, okay, those of us who live in LA don't give a shit about any other place. Let's be honest. Uh, but I really had a great time. I ate a lot of fried ravioli. I got to meet so many people who listen to your mom's house. And who listened to that's deep bro. And I have to tell you, it's, you know, I am the personality champion. I I actually like meeting people after shows. It depends. Look, look, there's a lot of shit that goes into factoring whether or not I talk to people. Hey, am I in a good mood? I don't like to go out there if I'm uh, grumpy and, and sick or tired, and then I'm just going to meet you and ruin your day. So fuck that. Uh, secondly, is it safe? Are there, are there a lot of weird drunks? in the room that I don't want to, you know, you don't know what drunk people are going to do. It's it's a club weird, you know, anyway, I met people and I had such a great time and, um, I met, I met people who, you know, are going through serious stuff and, uh, and, uh, I don't know. I wanted to say something a little before I get started here with, with Allison, cause I was thinking about this a lot this weekend as I was in St. Louis tits, um, because I was listening to Paul Gilmartin's Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast, uh, along with Allison Rosen, you should be listening to Paul Gilmartin's podcast. Uh, if you are interested in, in matters of mental illness or not even that, like I feel like it's just people who grew up with stuff. <laughs> you know, did you have a crazy childhood? Did you have you gone through something traumatic? Have do you have mental illness yourself? Um, this show that Paul Gilmartin is doing such a great service to people by discussing all the, the ookier bits of life. And, um, I was listening to him and, um, and he said this fantastic thing. He was talking to some woman, uh, she had a, a, a childhood that was rough because her mother was a narcissist and, you know, she was invisible to her family and she got into, I think, was it this woman? I don't know, but she got into, into drugs and uh, Paul Gilmartin says, well, you know, I, I get a lot of emails from young people, from teenagers. And unfortunately, when you're that young and you're still living at home and you really can't get out just yet, you're at that horrible age where you, you know, you know what's going on now and you just want to get out and maybe you're trapped. Um, you know, there's only two alternatives there and that's being on drugs or committing suicide. And I thought, oh my God, wow, isn't that like, isn't that just the truth of it is when you're so young, you don't really know what's, what's going on and, and you don't know your way out. You can't see out of having, uh, of what, where you're at, you know, maybe you're in a household where somebody's drinking or doing drugs or there's abuse or verbal abuse or whatever, bad things happening that you, you, you know, you know, don't, it doesn't feel right. You know, you know, it doesn't feel good. Maybe you don't, you, you still can't figure it out, but you feel bad. You want to leave. You can't, and you're still at the, the mercy of abusive parents or whatever. And, uh, like my heart just stopped. Like I just stopped and I felt so bad because it, it was true. It's, that's the truth of it. Right. When you, you go through something crummy in your youth and, uh, you, you don't adequately process those feelings, that's what screws you up later in life. And as a philosophy major, I was taught that man, that's always what they said, right? Man is a rational animal. Man is a thinking rational animal. That's the the premise of Western thought is that humans are superior to the animals because we are capable of reasonable, rational thinking. 
And I got to tell you, uh, at 41 years of life, I think that is pretty fucking wrong. I think, in fact, that man, man, people, humans are emotional beings. We are primarily emotional beings that the rational thought is uh, is rooted from our emotions, right, or guided with our emotions. And often the rational thought becomes highly irrational due to our emotional worlds being really flip-flopped and, and in turmoil. So um, I've been thinking a lot about that, how it, it actually is the emotional world that dictates how everything else is going to happen to you in your life. And and I want and I, I just want people to know who are listening to this that no matter what you've been through, no matter where you come from, no matter what color you are, no matter uh, what was done to you, if you were a victim of something horrendous, um, if you whatever whatever deficit you come from, it does not have to dictate the rest of your life. It does not have to blemish who you become or who you are becoming. It it doesn't have to mean that it's some kind of a sentence to being damaged goods, right? That I've heard a lot of people say that I'm just damaged. I'm just damaged. Um, there's ways out, dude, there are ways out. And, you know, and I advocate therapy for that reason, because that's the, the, the fastest line out and it's not a straight line. It's uh, it takes time. There, sometimes there are little immediate results that come from therapy. You know, I get emails from people. I've been seeing a therapist for two months. How come I'm not fixed yet? Well, because your your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind has been programmed with sick shit. Okay. If you grew up in a home where stuff was weird, stuff is, is dysfunctional, uh, you grew up people throwing stuff at each other or whatever it is, grew up learning the wrong ways of thinking and being. And then you grow up and you become anxious and depressed and weird and you don't know why and all this stuff is happening and and, and all that shit needs to be looked into really deeply so that you can be free of it. But, uh, but yeah, drugs or suicide. And I, and I just, if you're listening to this and you've got a problem either way on those two fronts, know that it probably isn't because of you. It, it doesn't originate within you. There, I don't know. I'm sure there are people born with mental problems that, you know, the, the wires are just crossed from day one. But I don't meet too many depressed two-year-old babies. I really don't. And I know for a fact that it's life that, that can, uh, can twist things around, circumstances. And, and I believe that you can survive any trauma. You can get through anything that's happened to you as long as you process those feelings. And it's the squelching of the feelings, the unprocessing of the feelings, the being told that your feelings don't matter. Or maybe you think what happened to you isn't significant enough to talk to somebody about, you know, there's always that thing of like, well, that happened to me, but you know, far worse has happened to other people. Therefore, I'm not entitled to have uh, sadness about whatever it is that I'm going through in my life. So, um, yeah, that's. I just wanted to to say that because I meet so many of you in person, and I hear your stories, and I my heart goes out to you because, you know, look, I'm proof that fucking you y- y- you can be normal someday. <laughs> okay, okay, and I I mean, look, I am I a hundred percent normal? I don't know, but I do know that I feel like I've come far enough to say that uh, I'm a pretty happy person. I got my shit together. I got my life together. And it took a long time, but I, it's possible. And I know other people too that have overcome a lot of stuff, a lot of, a lot of bullshit and you can do it and you can absolutely do it and you can absolutely be a whole person and not 
and not see yourself as damaged goods because you're not damaged goods, boo-boos. I don't think anybody listening to this is damaged goods. I don't buy that. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. And I think that, uh, I think that, uh, sometimes it gets really comfortable thinking of yourself that way. Cause that's the identity that you know too, right? That's the devil, you know, is that I, well, I'm just damaged. I guess that's how I am. Right. I have this identity as this person that carries this weight, this load of, of what's happened to me, you know, cause that gets real comfy too. Right. That's just who I am. I'm, you know, I'm the sufferer of X, Y, Z. I'm the person who can't do this. I don't, I don't, you know, we don't do that in our family. Blah, 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 blah. But because we are emotional beings with rational thought, I do believe that you can, you can undo those wirings. You can redo the wirings. You can uncross them. You can cross them however the hell you like. You can do whatever you want, not anything, okay? You're not going to be an astronaut. Most of us are not, but you know what I'm saying. Within fucking limitations of human whatever, that you can lead a happy life. You absolutely can. You're not, a, you're not a, a victim to your circumstance, even though it might feel that way. I know. I know it's hard. I tell you, it's, it is a lot harder to uh, redo the wiring. <laughs> Gosh. I took Valium the other day for like a little tiny medical procedure, and as I was ripped on this one Valium I took, like I haven't taken Valium since, I, what, junior high school when we used to steal them from my friend's mom, but I, I took a Valium and I was like, oh, I get it. This is why people do drugs. Oh, this is great. Oh, wow. Like nothing bothers me right now. Well, this is a lot easier than going to that therapist every week and, you know, plowing through all my issues, huh? Of course it's not. We all know it's not. But but for that moment, I got it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I could go down. Oh, yeah. I, I see how people go down this route. <laughs> but of course, that's, you know, fraught with its own horribleness, clearly. So there. that I just wanted to say that to you guys listening and to know that um, there are people that care. There are good humans. There are bad humans. There are indifferent humans. There are all kinds of humans because we really are just animals um, with a little more evolved of a, hum- of a brain. Not much, clearly, by what's happening in the world. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds. There's good. There's bad. There's there's indifferent, there's all kinds. And it's not all bad just because that's what you were shown when you were very small. Okay. So let's get to it. Allison Rosen is in studio with me. Um, We talk about all kinds of stuff, but primarily the idea of identity. And, um, you know, in in this discussion in relation to motherhood and where does that identity go? Um, And also we got into a neat discussion about validation and how does it go from the inside out as opposed to the outside in? Because I think in this era of social media, excuse me, I almost uh, puke taco in my mouth. Uh, in this era of um, social media and and the need for likes, it's very, like, how do you get your, uh, where do you get that sense of like, I'm okay. I don't need anybody to tell me from. And we get into that a bit on the second part of the series, which I mentioned before uh, the song. This is a two-part podcast. Part one is here. Part two will live at Allison Rosen is your new best friend. So subscribe to that. And then the week of October 10th, she will drop that part of the, the discussion and you will get to hear the rest of it. 
But uh, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. I really love her and I really hope you enjoy th- uh, this talk she and I had. She's a very special, very wonderful, unique person. And, uh, and there you go. All right, guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi guys, thanks for uh, downloading this episode. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Welcome to That's Deep Bro. In the studio with me, I have one of my dear friends and a super, super duper podcaster, Allison Rosen. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I was just telling you, but I have to tell everyone that... uh, when I see you, it is like 500 therapy sessions in oh, one. No. In fact, the last time that we hung out, I actually came straight from therapy and then we met up and got breakfast and I went home and I thought talking to you was more helpful to me than what? my therapy session. And I love my therapist. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. I have to get my, I have to change my life path now. I always feel like <laughs> everything kind of like gets put into perspective when I talk to you. I think wow. because you and I, it's we what we do is so similar and we're yeah. in such similar places in life right now. Definitely. So, yeah. Well, I think that you and I are, we're kindred spirits mm-hmm. in that we like introspection and I think we, uh, we like to get deep on shit, dude. So I'm so glad you're here. Uh, this is part of a two-part series That's of podcasting. That's right. A special kind of crossover <laughs> episode. Yeah. So the first hour will be That's Deep Bro and then you can tune in uh, the week of October 9th. Is it, October 9th is when the, It will be one. coming out October 9th. Yes. Okay. So Allison Rosen is your new best friend and you'll hear the second part to this conversation. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It'll be kind of crazy. I don't know. I know. We don't quite happen. know what we're doing. But can I can <laughs> I just put in a hard plug right now? Yes. Go subscribe, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Subscribe Ooh. because who knows what can happen in a week and you you might forget to go listen to the second half. And the second half is where we're gonna reveal really important things. Oh my God, you're I mean, right. we're also going to reveal them in the first half, but <laughs> just saying. The second Whoa. half, yeah, who knows? We, we we might start a sentence in the first half and finish the sentence in the second That's half. That's a bananas idea. I, I love it. <laughs> so, okay, I, I think... Um, I, you know, whenever I, I don't do guests very often, I think you're very uh, special. I feel honored. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we were talking about last time you and I met for lunch and you're a new mother as am I. And I think there's, uh, there's so much stuff that bitches don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, when they have children and so much of it is, uh, glamorized. I can't see. I know. I can't either. Okay. So I'm going to adjust. Yeah. Move it to how you can see it. Yeah. That's better, right? I think that's better. Yeah, yeah I really, I then, felt like I was almost crossing my yeah, eyes. And then <laughs> twist that thing if you want it tighter. Oh, there we go. Okay, here yeah. we go. Better? There. It's like, it's like we're at a romantic candlelit dinner and I had to move the candle because it was in my face. Okay. Um, and there's so much stuff that goes on, I think, the first, especially the first year of being a mother. And if you kind of got into it later in life, you've already had this career and this existence. And then all of a sudden you're called to be a mom and it's like... 
what do I do now? Who am I? So I thought we could, let's get into that idea of like, well, who am I now? And I think that's not just applying to motherhood, but to anybody that goes through a significant life change. Through a transition where your identity changes. Um, And I am someone who I don't love change. I think ultimately I adapt okay to it, but it always throws me for a loop. Um, And, but I should say, because I think this, makes it even more complicated. I really wanted to have a baby and I did IVF and I was very public about dealing with infertility and all the, all the egg retrievals and, and all of that. So then all of a sudden it worked out, which was wonderful, but I feel especially like an asshole (laughs) now that I'm, I'm dealing with some of the postpartum stuff. And I actually have been dealing with postpartum depression and I'm on Lexapro for the first time. Oh, tell me, I can't wait. I'm going to do it if I have another kid. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, and I was always pretty like, I'm glad that antidepressants work for other people, but I'm someone who can just do talk therapy. Like that's enough for me. So it's weird to all of a sudden be rethinking it and to be thinking that, oh, maybe it is kind of a brain thing, especially postpartum. It's a hormonal thing. Yeah. hundred percent. It's half, more than half of it's physical. It's it's totally against your will. Right. Nutty. So just to tell you, the Lexapro was, and I was just on a tiny dose at the very beginning and it was amazing. And all of a sudden. Sorry, sorry. When did you start taking it? When you were still pregnant or? Oh, no, 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 no. No, much after. I started taking it it, probably like two months ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for a long, I was having sort of obtrusive, anxious thoughts for a while and I I felt like I had kind of a traumatic birth experience and I felt like that's what was going on. And I was having these anxious, dark thoughts all the time, not of me harming anyone, but just of harm in general. And like, like, oh, I'm going to drop the baby. I'm going to smother the baby. Just how fragile, like how yeah. fragile oh, yeah. he is, you know, yep. um, like I would be, you know, in the kitchen cutting something and then, then just imagine, like, what if, what if someone were to cut, like, he's just so fragile, yeah. so fragile. But I think, I forget if I told you this or okay. not, but what was happening was I would get a thought in my head in the, I, I don't watch scary movies and I don't Google disturbing things because I'm just too sensitive. Me too. It, it'll, it'll mess me up too me much. Too. I can't even watch murder. Sh- I don't watch murder yeah. shows. I don't watch um, medical dramas. I'm not interested. Right. All can't that stuff. It, it just, it, I don't like to feel uneasy and I don't like when my peace of mind is gone and, and that can happen so easily to me. I just read the synopsis of a movie and I feel freaked out. (laughs) Um, so I have had this rule for myself for a long time, which is like, don't Google disturbing stuff. Don't read upsetting stories. And all of a sudden my ability to fight it was gone. For example, Mm. and this is so it, it's weird, but all of a sudden it like popped into my head. What happened to babies born in the Holocaust? Oh, God, no, Allison. It kept popping into my no. head. And don't, and then it was like, don't Google that. Don't Google that. Don't Google that. And then I gave in one day and I Googled it. No. It didn't turn out well for them. No. And then, so then there was that, so that, that, there was that. Yeah. And then it was like... <laughs> Do medical schools experiment on dogs? Where no. do they get the dogs? No. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. Don't. And then it was just like, it was that kind of stuff. And then it, that plus feeling sad and just feeling like, 
I felt like the world is a dark, terrible place. And I happen to be on this little island with my husband and my baby and my dog and things are okay for us right now, but who knows? And some of that is just the news of the world and stuff. But um, I don't know. At some point I just recognized that maybe I do need some help. So anyway, the Lexapro at the beginning was amazing. Um, The depression went away really quickly and for the first time in a long time, I felt pretty content. I f- didn't have that feeling that like the world is broken. I felt like things are pretty much okay. I was singing to my baby a lot more. Mm. Um, anxiety was still there, but the depression really went away. But then just recently, it's it's come back a bit. So now I'm just started taking a little bit of a higher dose. These are still small doses, but my concern is that is that how it's going to be? Like it'll keep ebbing, you know, it'll it'll curb the depression and then I'll have to up the dose and then you know I don't know wait it's a plan to stay I mean how does it work because I've never done it and I I actually listening to you talk about postpartum because I think at the time I had it too but I didn't know it right because I just thought like is this just the new normal am I adjusting to life with baby and isn't it supposed to be kind of horrible and aren't I supposed to just be sad all the time and but I think I kind of wish I I would have done Lexapro now (laughs) But do you get it's off of it? Late. No, well, I don't need it now. I'm okay when now. I try to have another kid, I am going to get off of it. I don't. Yeah. I, th- I did ask the psychiatrist something because I'd heard pr- some horror stories about what happens when you try to get off of it. Oh, I heard boy. them after I was already on it, so Great. that didn't make me feel better. But he sort of reassured me that he'll help me, and I think he did say something about we'll do like a trial getting you off of it in a certain number of weeks. I'm not 100% sure. I think that the plan might be to get to see what happens when I go off of it before I'm, I'm not, I should, I should get clarification on that. You know what helped me? Um, so someone listening to this, if you got, if you just had a baby and you're depressed and freaked out, um, I didn't go on Lex, Lexapro, but I did start taking progesterone towards the end of mm. my monthly cycle. And that really helped too. Cause I think my hormones were still out of whack and I would get real dark before my period. Right. <laughs> like I like, you know, like I do normally, but it was like whoa, the blackness. So that really did help. Well, that, so all of it kind of brings up something that I know that you and I have talked about before and that you talk about on this show, which is how much depression is normal because <laughs> right. I, right. Yeah. My husband, how my much husband is normal? has know. been gently suggesting <laughs> that perhaps I would benefit from something for years now, which I've always <laughs> resented just a little bit, but he's always felt like maybe it would help me. How does he say it? He's like, Allison. Well, it ha- I mean, he's open about the fact that he's on Selexa and it helps him a ton. And he just feels like my, have, are you familiar with the term dysthymia? No. I think it just means like a real low level depression oh. or a real low level mood disorder. I, maybe mood disorder is wrong. Um, just like your baseline mood is a little bit low. Oh. Yeah. So that's, I think, maybe what he was diagnosed with. Hmm. And I think he just recognized that I also have, like, more often than not, I'm a little down. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it is to be alive, to be a sentient being in this shit universe. Well, I, I kind of correlate it to a level of intelligence, too. Yeah. I mean, if you're a thinking, a really thinking person, a conscious person, I don't know how you can wake up every every day and be like, woo! 
I mean, listen, I've got a great life and I'm really thankful for everything in it, but I can't say that every day I wake up with, you know, sunshine shooting out of my ass. There are days that I labor through it until I get in a better place. I drink coffee. (laughs) Well, we all do that. More often than not, are you down or up? No, I'd say I'm pretty, I'm pretty neutral. I'd say that I'm not, I'm neither up nor down. It's neutral. It's, it's, but it's a... It's a peaceful neutral. Oh, that's really good. So it's not like a I feel like happy... that's what Lexapro brought me. Oh, well, yeah. good. Okay. Peaceful neutral. Yeah. Li- peaceful neutral, a little bit happy. Yeah. That's how I feel oh, well, most of the time. You're yeah. doing well. Oh, yeah. I, no, I do. But it's, uh, that's 10 years of aggressive psychotherapy. Right. I mean? So <laughs> I always felt like feeling a little bit down and just the sort of ups and downs more often down than up. Like that's just what being alive is. Um and now I'm like, oh, but wait, there are drugs that can make your experience a little bit happier. Great. I don't know if that's just sort of making me now. Nor- I guess that's sort of my, that's what I'm, I don't know if it's just making me normal or if it's that there's like a new normal now that there's all these drugs out there. But regardless, oh. I feel better unless I'm going to have to keep stepping it up. I got you. Okay. I don't but know. for now it's working. Yeah. So let's not, uh, you know, get too projecty. I know. I know see, you can think already, <laughs> I know. like, I got to, but that's I know. I'm so like, I got to manage it. <laughs> yeah. The control thing, right? Yeah. The control thing of like, that's so funny. Cause I, I think I used to do that a lot more before I worked on it with my shrink is the, the thing of like, I can't go down this road cause I haven't done it all perfectly yet. Right. Like I can't start it. I can't start Lex Pro because I, I can't see how I'm going to do it perfectly in two years from now. <laughs> right. What if I have to get off of it? And then the, like you're trying to like, at least in my, this is what I would do. Like work out all the angles of something. Right. Which is just, <laughs> it's just hypervigilance, right? Right. Yeah. It's that's just the word my shrink uses, hypervigilance. Yeah. And that robs you of a lot of joy too. Right. We can't be in the moment. No. And you realize too, that also, um, things change. So like a year from now, they'll, they could do studies or you could be in a different place or whatever, so that it'll just work out. Like, you know, when assholes are always like, don't worry, it'll work out (laughs) kind of in a way, not all the time, but sometimes it does just because circumstances should change by then. It's everything's different. I know. Um, so let's get into the idea of identity because that's something that people email me quite frequently about, especially women who just became new mothers, maybe who had a second or third child, um, people who maybe just got out of a marriage, a divorce, whatever. Right. Like, you know, we do kind of hang our hats on these people. And especially if you are a successful career woman before you had a kid and then you have a kid and all of a sudden, I mean, look, man, For I don't know how, I don't know how, like Gwen Stefani was on Stern and she was like, well, I had my baby and then eight weeks later I was on tour. And it's like, wait, what? How? <laughs> I like Gwen Stefani, but I, I hate people her. like that. <laughs> right, right. I hate, oh, hate's very strong. Um, that kind of thing where people shoot out a kid and then pop back into their career, that <laughs> makes me feel inadequate. Yeah. That's what I'll say about well, that. And also you go like, wait, how? Like I looked four months pregnant for eight months after I had my kids. <laughs> I still look pregnant. Right. I'm still wearing maternity jeans. Right. right. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. I still wear my maternity uh, sweatpants. Like, I can't throw them away. They were so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, life didn't just bounce back. So, and maybe some women are just that adept at it. But 
There is she a, must have full time help. Oh, five times over. Yeah. I mean, there's a nanny for every arm on that kid, <laughs> right? Uh, but again, who are you? I mean, you're not the career woman because now you've got to devote a chunk of time to raising a human, right? And am I a full time mommy now? Am I a part time mommy? Am I a stay at home mom? Am I a mother who works? Like, there's and it's intricate. And what I have realized is that I had a lot of thoughts and feelings and judgments about what makes a good mother that I wasn't even aware of. It was just because Mm. my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So I felt at the beginning, I didn't have any help at the beginning. And I just thought... (laughs) What? (laughs) What do you mean? You brought home a newborn and it was just you and the husband? Yeah. Oh, my God. I actually turned down... Oh, my God. God. I actually... I, In general, I'm a a private, modest person. Yes. Even though I barf my uh, like inner thoughts and shit all <laughs> over online, but I just mean in terms of my body and walking around in a in sweatpants or without a bra. By the way, the number of people now at this point, now that I understand what it is to have a kid, the number of people who've seen me looking yeah. so awful, and I don't even care. I don't even. Yeah. It's just I just accept it. Yeah. Uh, but at the beginning, I thought. When I'm trying to learn how to take a ba- take care of a baby, I don't think I want all these people up in my business. I was the same way. Yes, yes. That was, if I had it to do over again, I would like them up in my business. <laughs> I definitely would have appreciated that help. You know what I'm saying? Because people, to me, they're like, you should get a doula, you should yeah. get a night nurse, you should get the nanny. And I go, fuck all these people. I don't want any of these assholes in my house. I want it to be my husband and me and, and, and the baby. And I want to learn how to be a mother on my own. Fuck you. I'm going to do it myself. Are you, do you feel like that was the right decision? Wrong decision. <laughs> Wrong. And if yeah. I have a second child, it's going to be Same. the doula, the night nurse, the nanny, the, as much help as you can get to support you because yeah. it is so hard and traumatic. And if you don't have a mother, my mother passed away. So I don't, I didn't have it. And I, she wouldn't have been in my life anyway. But the point is, uh, if you don't have the family there to help you, you got to hire it. Right. Period. Right. Well, Daniel's mom as uh, my husband wanted to come out and we ish- kind of pushed her off until coming out a month after he was born. Great idea. But in retrospect, it would have helped me to have her there right well, away. But I was, is she cool? Does she, she annoy you? She's cool. Oh, okay. But I, she and I have a different relationship now that I've had a kid and I think before I didn't need someone to come in and be a mom. Yeah. But all of a sudden now, with the, but that's another weird thing I realized. Having a kid made me, in a lot of ways, feel more like a kid because yes. I became so dependent. Yeah. I thought that's like once I have a kid, I'm really good. That's something I struggle with feeling like, me too. when am I going to feel like an adult? I've been one for so long. <laughs> when yeah. do I magically feel like an adult who deserves to speak her, to be an adult? Um, I've come to the realization that I don't think I ever will magically feel like one. I think you just choose to sort of be one. You just choose to realize you are. Or is it when you lose your parents? Yeah, I think it's that. I think, uh, yeah, because here's a two-parter for you. So when uh, yeah, when I had a baby, it automatically made me want to have my mommy even Mm -hmm. more. And then when I say that, it's surprising. It's surprising, right? Because you go, I'm a mother, but I don't. And also for me, my mother was mentally ill. So I didn't have a blueprint about how to be a good mom. So here I am. My mother just died five months before I, or four months before I gave birth. So the chain is broken, right? Of like mother, grandmother, Mm -hmm. baby, blah, blah, blah. And I felt really sad because I didn't have, it's not that I didn't have her. I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't even know what it was to have like a loving, nurturing maternal figure. Right. So like there was that loss. And then I think having her die and then kind of realizing like, I don't know if I, if I, I think I was a parentified child my whole life. I'm not sure I ever was a child Mm -hmm. really. So now I'm like, I, I guess I'm the parent here. Like, I think there is the death of your parents, even as an idea, I should say, right. Not even the physical death, but some of us have grown up with parents where the relationship's a little problematic. it's a it's an emotional death. Like you're, I've already been orphaned. Is what I is what I'm trying to say. So mm-hmm. it was like once I've accepted that and processed that and been like it's okay, but it's okay, and I can give something to my kid that I I'm learning how to do right. that. You know what I mean? Like you, I'm making it up as I go along with the guidance of a really good therapist. <laughs> uh, I was surprised at how much it brought up a lot of my own stuff from my childhood. Oh, like at the beginning, oh, source. the beginning, I would be bouncing him on a yoga ball. And by the way, for anyone who's pregnant, <laughs> if you haven't heard, get one of those big bouncy balls. Yes. I don't know who discovered that they magically soothe babies, <laughs> do. but it really was. It's like, for, at least for Elliot. Yeah, my kid too. Like magic. Like when he was real young, yeah. when he would be crying, was still Newborn. even, but not, it's not night and day like it was, where he'd be crying, and then the second I would bounce on the ball, I don't know if it feels like being back in the womb, the motion, but anyway, I would be on the ball, this was like in the first few weeks, bouncing him, singing to him, and then all of a sudden I would just start crying. Yeah. Because it rem- I, it reminded me of feeling like a, a baby, I guess, or feeling like a child, I don't know. So much stuff in therapy is just sort of revisiting my own various things in childhood that I really thought I'd <laughs> worked through in therapy. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm not new to therapy. I'm new to this therapist. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just what therapy is. It's just going again and again through the same shit. Yeah. Because your life's going to trigger you to go back to those right. same holes, the same emotional stuff that you're dealing with. But then every time I find it gets easier and easier because mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, I've explored this dark cave uh, this cave's not as dark as it was last time. It still sucks, but it's not as bad as it was last time. And I think eventually the wound is like, it's still there, but you don't have to pick the scab off of it right. to feel to feel okay. You're like, it's there. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be a sadness thing, but hold on. I'm sad. Is that sadness? Yeah, that, that's sadness. Anyway, what's for lunch? Like, that's how it goes. I've actually started <laughs> doing that. That's what my therapist said when you're having, because I was like, I was um, rocking Elliot and hoping that he would fall asleep because I had to go record my podcast. And we no longer have a babysitter at night when I record because usually he'll just sleep through it. And so we just watch on the monitor. But it... He, but on the nights where I'm recording at night, he I put him to bed a tiny bit earlier, which I don't know that it's going to continue working because last night he was super not into it. But <laughs> but on this particular night, I was I was um, rocking him, thinking like, please fall asleep, please fall asleep. And then my brain just went to like really dark, upsetting stuff that I had experienced in my life. And I was saying to my therapist, why did why did that get triggered from that? Mm. And I mean, I think we sort of figured out why, but she was saying when the thoughts come, just, you know, do what you're doing, talk about it, but also, and this wasn't the kind of thoughts I was talking about before. This was like just memories of, of upsetting things. And she's like, just think I'm having an intrusive thought and it's going to pass. And so that's what I've started doing. And it makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Just sort of accept that I'm, 
that I'm feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. I'm having these thoughts and then they just kind of go away. Yeah. Cause whatever it is that in you putting your son down that night, I've had so funny. That is totally when things come to me too, when you're rocking your baby, cause it's such a primal and it's such a sweet moment of the day. Like no matter how crazy your day was with your kid, that putting them down is like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, and I love you so much. <laughs> yes. And, that's yeah. when I get like flooded with the warm feeling. Yeah, that's when it's worth it. And then you yeah. get the psychotic thought of let's have another one. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually started having that thought. Ah! All right. Well, let's get, hold on. Let's get to identity okay, stuff first. Yeah. And then we'll talk about numero two, numero dos. You're right. I'm going to see. Oh, 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 oh you I'm can't say it. Then it doesn't happen. I know. I know. But I, I felt like I had to address it because otherwise I was just going to be over here silent going. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about career and mommyhood because I think that's one of the it's like, it's, it's so dumb. And I tried to find books on it and I try to find... Are there any? They're fucking terrible. Everything out there that's written for women and, and motherhood is fucking either crazy right-wing Christian stuff <laughs> right? or like too jokey so that it's not useful. Mm-hmm. You know, like be a crappy mom. Like I don't want to be a crappy mom. Right. I just want to like tell me Learn how, how you do balance. it. Yeah. yeah. Like well, how do people do this? And I think the for personally what I've learned is like the whole idea of having it all is A, preposterous, and B, uh, it's reckless, and I right. think it's, it's dangerous. stupid. Nobody, nobody should, nobody, first of all, even regardless of having children, nobody has it all, all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it switches around. For a minute, you have the baby thing, and you do that for a while, and then you have the career thing maybe stronger for a minute, and then you have the romance thing, or whatever it is. Right. Don't you find, like, in your life, it kind of all takes places it doesn't yes. all come together well so i thought somehow i'm going to continue working just as hard as i always did and thankfully i work from home so i'll be able to take care of my kid at the same time and i won't hire help because a good mom stays home with her kid i had i didn't realize how much i believed how oh much God. i was so like programmed I. to think that so then i pretty quickly realized it is impossible to work and take care of a child simultaneously and also it's i maybe some people can do it but i felt like i my attention needs it's not it's not safe at at this point for me Mm -hmm. to be trying to multitask like i'm not i'm too clumsy and tired right now tired i was like constantly afraid that i would like walk you know carrying him and like hit the door frame or something like that so then I, I started having um, a babysitter, and I can't even use the word nanny. It's always, I always say babysitter. <laughs> um, a babysitter come. Well, wait, wait, why not? Does nanny, what, what does nanny feel like to you? Nanny is, nanny is someone who, I'm going to, I don't want anyone to think I actually think this No, though. it's a this feeling. Is just, it's yeah, feelings. the feeling Go is someone who has a nanny is not interested in raising their yeah. own kids. Like rich, yes, like a right, like Mary Poppins, yeah, um, Mrs. Banks, (laughs) right? It's it's like boarding school, Mm -hmm. like just send them away, right? It's like they can't. Well, because my parents were both to hear them tell it raised by maids Mm. or raised by the help. 
their parents couldn't be bothered to, it's so funny. I had to like check in my head, like, oh, my grandparents are dead, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure I wasn't going to offend anyone. They both felt that their parents couldn't be bothered to raise them. Mm. Um, They just didn't care. You know, they didn't really want their own kids. They couldn't be bothered to raise them. So they, they hired people to raise their kids. And my parents were both, they didn't feel like that was a great way to do things. And my mom stayed home with us. Uh, and my dad was around a lot too. So I, to me, I felt like what's wrong with me that I can't take care of my own kid. I had that right. thing. So then I started, like I would have someone come a couple times a week and that's when I would return all my emails and do all my this or do all my that. When I'm actually recording my podcast, I didn't feel guilty about having a babysitter there because of course I need someone to watch him when I'm recording, but it's like all the other stuff that mm. goes along with it that I needed someone to be there for. And then just inc- slowly, incrementally, I've started having someone there more and more um, and I'm even now thinking maybe I need more help. Maybe <gasps> I do. Wait, do you mean like like a nanny? Like I might a need, nanny. I might need to hire. You I mean, might need to hire a nanny. <laughs> you mean so that you would have time to I don't know nurture yourself? Yeah. Maybe go get a massage every now and then, or get your nails done, or have lunch with a friend and be a person. Whoa! Actually, all of that, but also. <laughs> return to my career in more of a like I'm gonna put a band-aid on here and I'm gonna do that yeah, and it's but that's I don't, normal too I think this gesture that I'm doing yeah. is where I'm just tossing <laughs> band-aids into the crowd and a band-aid for you and a band-aid for you. Yeah like <laughs> to be able to really return to my career with a clear mind. Yeah well you know that I think I think a lot of women feel that way when you first get back to work it's like I'm just barely doing this. Yeah. Let's be honest here. Like uh, most of us don't sleep through the night. You're still feeding or whatever. And you're not, you're a zombie. I'd say that first year, mm. really the first year you're just like, Oh my God, am I ever going to sleep again? Is my body ever going to look normal again? Right. Will I ever be the person I was before? And the answer I think is like, you're not going to be the same person. You're going to, there's a lot of you that is still you. Like I still like the same music. I still enjoy the same things. And, um, but your body's going to look a little different. It's kind of you, but it's your tits are soggier and your belly's flabbier and maybe you have skin tags. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And my nipples for some reason are still purple. It's not, (laughs) hasn't gone back to normal. Uh, and, um, but now you've got this person, this new person in your family that is like the center of the universe and that should be the center of the universe. And that feeling in the morning when I go into his room and he's in his crib, like pushed up on his arms Uh, and he sees me and he smiles. It's like, oh, it is, it is. But I have felt guilt, feeling guilt is a, yeah, is a, a big, big thing one. with me. Me too. And feeling like whatever I'm feeling is not right and not okay. And I mean, that's just a, a, just a thing I always have. Um, I think I hoped that, yes, I've been focused on my career for my entire life. <laughs> but once I have a child, magically, I will get meaning and fulfillment in a different place. And it'll be not only enough, more than enough. Like right. my cup will runneth over <laughs> with... Um, feeling fulfillment and meaning and satisfaction. And so when that didn't happen a hundred percent, and I don't mean that there's anything lacking in my relationship with Elliot because there's not, yeah. but I just mean all of a sudden, like my brain is still periodically going to my career. Of course. I felt like what's, what's wrong with me that 
I am still looking to this other thing. And some of it, I think you and I have talked about it. Some of it, I think is just like, yeah, that's where you're, that's what your identity has been for all this time. Um, and I think that's the healthy, normal part of it. But then some of it, I think is that I'm, I'm still seeking so much outer validation and I don't, I wish I wasn't. Yeah. That's a tough part, isn't it? That's a toughie. And I remember really feeling that way in the early months with the kid when you're just really like housebound, at least I was, I wasn't one of those moms that I see in the park who can swing it with a newborn. Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen couples out at the mall with their newborn and I'm like, I stop them and go, how are you doing this? When my son was eight weeks old, I was housebound. I was like, the thought of taking him in public was terrifying. Same. Same. Like like I didn't know what I was doing. So many days would pass and I'd be like, have I even left the house? I have not. <laughs> yeah, and then and that's when I would start going online. And that's when I would start looking what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. And like everyone else was having so much more fun and everyone else's career was progressing and oh no. Yes, you're speaking my language. Yeah, and I'm so far behind and I'll mm-hmm. never I'm irrelevant. That's yeah. what I that's what I tell myself. I'm irrelevant. I'm not even in the conversation. And that started when I was <laughs> pregnant. That oh yeah, yeah really began to hit during sure, pregnancy. Sure, sure. Because I think it's hard for women that are like they want that are achievers, like women that are driven in any field. When you st- when you get pregnant, you're like, oh, I physically can't move as fast as mm-hmm. I used to. And then especially in the last trimester, you're like, oh my god, I am physically unable to do the things I want to do right now, and that's really I frustrating. Even, I remember literally thinking, I can't even. We were in the grocery store. And I was like trying to catch up to Daniel. I was like, I can't, I literally can't move fast. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't even you bend can't, over. Can barely, oh yeah. I, I remember, I remember when I said I can no longer pick up after our dog. Right. Because it's like I bent down and I'm like, well, now I'm down here. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get back up. But that's a big fuck. And I think mm-hmm. even like, I, I imagine that's what being like sick is like when, you, yeah. when you're healthy your whole life. And then, I mean, thankfully, pregnancy is a very temporary sickness. Right. Quote, sickness. But um, where like you have to change how you do everything. And like in a way, having a kid, I, you know, that's what it is. Like you've got this whole thing that now you have to learn to, first of all, that your marriage changes mm-hmm. a little bit. Cause oh, you, more than a little bit, yeah, I think. Yeah, you're a team. And now you've got to take care of this guy. And let's be honest, moms and dads do things a little differently. And there's that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then spending time with the husband without the kid. Like that's another reason the nanny is really useful. You need to go on dates and you, you know, all that crap. Yeah. But I don't know, man, especially for women. And, and I think that the problem is too, like if you look at the magazines, it starts at pregnancy, like uh, the celebrity's pregnant and now it's baby bliss. That's the big headline A Kardashian's pregnant, baby bliss. And that's yeah. another misnomer of like, isn't this amazing? This isn't every day great being pregnant. And you're mm-hmm. like, no. And then there's the idea that like, you should be like these celebrities who can have a kid and then go on tour eight weeks later and right. like Gwen Stefani. And I just don't think it really happens that way in real life. I don't, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And also even I'm just circling back a little bit. Um, but what is not being communicated is they have teams of people teams. helping them. Not a nanny, several. Right. <laughs> There's just no, but it's, it's crazy. So this has just been such a big thing for me because I had that bias that I was unaware I had. But it's like my fertility doctor, female. My OB, female. Pediatrician, female. All of them have kids. So that means that every time I saw them, someone was watching their kids. Just to realize 
that is how women who have careers do it. There's yeah. someone watching. Well, I mean, I guess eventually your kids are in school, but there's someone watching the kids. Right. It's like, I didn't, I never thought about it ahead of time. It's near to die. Yeah, there's so much about it that I just didn't think about ahead of time. Well, because for a while, I thought I might be a stay-at-home mom, too. Like, when I first had Ellis, I was the same thing because my mother worked, and I, that part didn't bother me, actually. Like, I remember going to daycare and being like, all right, I guess I'm in daycare. It, it, it didn't even occur to me mm-hmm. that my life was different in that regard than other children, so I was like, mm. uh, But what I realized is that it's just not for me. I can't do it all the time just because I'm used to doing something like this in addition to being right. a mom. And like my therapist likened it to chocolate. She goes, you know, being with your kids, it's like chocolate. Like you love it. It's awesome. But if you were to eat chocolate all day, every day, I don't know how good you'd feel. And I was like, oh, exactly. And I think that's how I, now that I frame it that way, it's like chocolate. Like I wake up with my kiddo. We have, I'm here. The nanny's here mm-hmm. whatever. I see him all day if I want to, whatever. And then, you know, we have our time. We have our days. Right. Um, but all day, every day, it wears me down and it, it makes me miserable. It makes me a uh, grumpy wife, grumpy mom. You know, I don't know if I could have anything to give to him, really. Did it take you a while to realize that, though? Yeah, like, a year and change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just came to that realization like two months ago, honestly. Okay. <laughs> like, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, because like, there is that weird thing of like, why shouldn't I want to do this 24 seven? Right. But like, I think that I had, I hope it's so apparent that I'm not judging you. I'm uh, talking about this situation yes, go for it. Uh, and myself. I had this idea in my head that if it turns out that you don't love every minute of taking care of your kid, there's something, then you're one of those women, one of those women that have nannies that this and that. And it's like that it's just weird how strongly I felt that without being aware that I felt it. Yeah. And thankfully I am aware of it now and I'm kind of coming. It's the only way to be able to, work at the same time. It really is. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, not necessarily even, not necessarily full-time nanny, but having some help. You need help. I mean, especially if it's just you and the husband and you don't have grandparents right. or somebody. I just feel like, it, I don't know, it's so hard to just do it with two people. Mm-hmm. Even two people, a loving mommy and daddy, it's like, fuck, dude. I don't know. I mean, my kid seems happy. I think we're okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's so, it is complicated, though. Yeah. There's so, it's so... Um, for me, it was a great source of like, ugh, I couldn't reconcile it. I think because my mom was like such a mental case. I don't know how to be a mom. And so my first thing was like, I'm going to do this perfectly. I'm all mm-hmm. in. I'm going to be here all the time. I'm going to make sure everything's perfect. Yeah. Organic, you know, homemade baby food and this and that. And then you're like, I'm exhausted. I'm miserable. He seems happy eating a hot dog right now. <laughs> like, right. I think I can give myself a break. Right. I... um was feeling guilty for being on my phone while I was taking care of Elliot. And I still feel guilty. But my therapist was like, why? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with that? And, you know, I listed all the things that were wrong with it. But it is interesting (laughs) to think, like, maybe maybe it's not wrong to periodically be on your phone while you're also watching your kid. Well, it's fine because he's doing his thing too. Right. Like, Elliot doesn't want you to pay attention to him all the time. Like he needs to learn. He's going to, especially yeah. in the toddler, 
He needs to start being separate right. from mommy. Right. He's actually fairly independent, That's good. which is good. But then I think, is that because I wasn't this or that? Or, I did you know, the same thing. You did. Okay. I'm crazy. And me then too. I think um, if I come in the room and he's not like thrilled to see me, <laughs> does it mean that I I haven't seen him enough? And yes. A bad mom yes. And- <laughs> I, I lately, like they're, they'll, I mean, you just notice that these minute differences from day to day in your kids. So like if there's yeah. a day where he's slightly less smiley, I'm like, oh, is it because I wasn't here enough? Yeah. Is it, is he, <laughs> is it because he's with the babysitter too much? Is, and I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think so either. No. I think they have good days and bad days yeah. too. And it's just development. They're just where, like whatever phase they're going through, I yeah. think. Yeah, dude, yeah. don't worry. I think, and here's the deal. I always remind myself is that. If we're asking those questions, am I a good mom? Am I doing right by my kid? Chances are, I'm thinking the answer is yes. It's like, because if you weren't even asking those questions, I think that's when you're a shitty parent is when you're like, I'm great. Everything I do is great. They love right. it. Kids love being left alone all the time. You know what I mean? Um, I know that just to go back to the identity thing and um, what we are talking about before, I know that while I was pregnant and before I had a kid, I worried, what if having a kid makes my career ambitions change? Yeah, me too. Like, what if I no longer want those things I wanted before? And now that I'm on the other side of it, I wish that it, and I'm discovering it hasn't made anything change. I mean, in, in little ways it has, but in, in the like, big picture it hasn't. I, but I wish it had. I actually, what do you mean? Like, I wish I no longer... I wish I was more just content with exactly where I am instead of wanting to always, you know, being ambitious still. I feel like it would just be a happier life if I was like, everything's cool right where we are. So that's, that's what we were talking about earlier, the external validation versus the internal. And I think perhaps this is a wonderful place to end this podcast. Okay. And pick up on Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Everyone go subscribe and then <laughs> it'll come out on October 9th and you can hear where we go for that. And also, we're also going to talk about some gross stuff. Oh, I like gross yeah. stuff. So, okay. So listen to Allison Rosen is your new best friend um, the week of October 9th mm-hmm. on that episode where we uh, continue this discussion uh, in terms of external versus internal validation and how, do, how does one get there? Especially, I think, in today's society where social media, um, we're so accustomed to the external validation. And I know that sometimes even I get weird where I'm like, wait, there's only so many likes on this photo? <laughs> oh my god my what? life's mission what? my life's mission of late has been to get my instagram follower number to go up it's very very important to me it's very important to me well okay so for people listening what is your instagram mm. and we could take a thank picture. you it's at allison rosen <laughs> a-l-i-s-o-n-r-o-s-e-n please follow me it's it's shockingly important to me. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Allison, uh, for joining. Thank you. You're the this best. Was, uh, you're the best. You're my favorite person. You really you, are. You're my new best friend, my old best friend. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, dudes. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Yeah. 
it's Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.